You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. So we recently had a situation where well, we had some gaslighting going on regarding defunding the police. All of a sudden, we've got Jen Psaki saying, hey, defunding the police, that's the Republicans' problem. This is an ultimate spin. The connecting of the dots on this one, you're kind of like, really? That's interesting. Tell me about it. Let's let's take a look. And that's kind of what we're talking about today. And then we've got I've got kind of a second piece that we're going to work in here that has to do with the same thing and the whole what happens when you defund the police? And we know how that goes. But we've got some real life examples, real life examples of okay, crime is a going up, and that's a tough one to spin given what we got going on. Let's jump on into it. Before we do, if you're new here, my name is Sean Reynolds. I own a couple of real estate companies. And more importantly, I read the news. Let's jump on in. Jen Saki, professional gaslighter on defunding the police. Did you ever have to, did you have to look up gaslighter to figure out what that was? I did a while ago. And it's like, since when do we get like these new terms that come in? We lived our lives to this certain point. And gaslighting wasn't part of my vocabulary. But now it's just, ah, oh, you're triggered. Ah, oh, you're gaslighting. Just just a bunch of stuff. And you're left kind of going, do we really need this in our lives? I don't know. Politics is the only area of American life in which spinning the news, attempting to control public opinion by giving a biased and sometimes outright false claim account of events is not only accepted, but celebrated. That is true. We've got we've had some issues come up that you're kind of like, that's not how that went down. That is not true at all. And this storyline is one of them. Many of us in this business love spin, particularly when it pushes a narrative that supports our own worldview. I mean, that's kind of what we're talking about. We each have our own worldview, don't we? And we're attracted to storylines. They're like, I agree with that one. I want to watch that one. Or, oh, that doesn't make any sense. That can't be real. But I think this is one of those storylines that is so outside of the norm of reality I, that I can't, I can't even believe that, you know, it's a real thing. But that's kind of what we're dealing with as far as some of the storylines coming out of our White House Nutty, right? One recent example came from White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki, who tried to spin the American Rescue Plan, the $1.9 trillion coronavirus rescue package, as a piece of crime-fighting legislation, and Republicans as the party that supports defunding the police. That is not even a stretch. That is just outright not true, isn't it? We all know that. Were there any Republicans anywhere that that went hand up? Yeah, I think we should defund the police too. No, I don't. I really don't think so because that hasn't really been a thing, has it? That's nah, been the left side. Saki claimed in a press conference that President Biden championed the American Rescue Plan because it could help ensure local cops were kept on the beat in communities across the country. All right. This is a federal plan, the American Rescue Plan. 
Uh, and one of the main things, if you follow these storylines at all, where does police funding come from? It comes from local government, not a big, huge American rescue plan, $1.9 trillion. There could be a money allotted to that. Hey, we recommend this money coming through. It's kind of like money coming through to help tenants pay off their back rent so that landlords don't have to kick them out, that kind of thing. There's money allotted to all kinds of things. But none of it was specifically allotted within the American Rescue Plan to do this. It wasn't earmarked for this. Nowhere in it did it say, ah, this is what we're doing. We're refunding the police, even though we are refunding the police across the United States. That is happening. Because you know why? Because we didn't have enough police on the streets to keep our city safe. And when that happens, some reasonable cities go, you know what? We probably need some more police. Let's get going. Let's hire some more cops. So that's the cycle we're on now. We, we've kind of taken that step back. Some cities have taken that step back and gone, oh, yeah, less police, not a good thing. Maybe, maybe we need a smidge more, just a, just a hair. As you know, she added, didn't, uh, it didn't receive a single Republican vote. That funding has been used to keep cots, cops on the beat. No, no, not at all. But if you're following along, the American Rescue Plan was actually about keeping local cops on the beat, which is odd because not once during three of Biden's biggest speeches did he talk about crime or the need to keep cops on the beat. Not once. Not one time. But we're going to spin this as if he did. Well, he didn't really say that, but, you know, he could have, but he didn't because it's simply not true. At the Democratic National Convention in August 2020, Biden didn't say the word police or crime even once. At his inauguration speech in January 2021, Biden didn't say the word police or crime even once, not once, during his first ad address to the joint session of Congress, Biden did once utter the word police, but it had nothing to do with putting more cops on the beat. And that was the extent of it. Crickets, nothing. As for crime, the word did come up three times during the joint session, but it had nothing to do with skyrocketing violent crime rates, but instead was mentioned in relation to hate crimes and homemade guns. Here's how bad things are. In New York, murders are up nearly 50% compared to this point in pre-pandemic 2019. In Atlanta, the murder rate is up 60% from last year, 60%. Chicago has recorded more than 1,900 shootings, a 53% increase over 2019. Just a quick update, I believe it's over 2,000 shootings now. In Portland, murders are up 800%. Let me read that back to you again, just so there isn't any question as to whether maybe I got that wrong or there was some feedback on the mic. In Portland, murders are up 800%. I am no mathematician. Math is not my strong point. I'm not much of a statistician. I'm a little better on stats because I've been forced to you know, read those as a real estate guy year after year after year and make some sense of them. But 800%, that is a big increase. I'm going to go out on a limb and state that just 
unequivocally 800% increase in murders are 800. That's just, that's crazy. Seattle is seeing its highest homicide rate in 26 years. No, that no, this is not cause for celebration. These are not the records we want to be breaking. These are not the stats that we want to be reading. Seattle is seeing its highest homicide rate in 26 years. And yet, it's still a popular concept of defunding the police, but not by Republicans, not by Republicans, not by the Republican Party. And over the holiday weekend, at least 150 people were shot and killed during more than 400 shootings across the country. 400. That's a lot of gunfire. I just did a podcast where it wasn't the main, my main topic, but there was a shooter down in Portland and he got pissed off at one of his neighbors. They had a little argument. He ran into his apartment and he grabbed an AR-15 and he cranked off 30 rounds into the apartment. While he was doing that, one of his neighbors came out, whacked him in the head with a stick. Then they pummeled him a little bit and then they hogtied him until the police came. You literally can't make this stuff up. I mean, it just some of the nuttiness going on with shootings right now. Miraculously, in that instance, nobody was hurt. 30 rounds from an AR-15, guy gets whacked in the head, beaten up, hogtied, as he should. Just some phenomenal... People, people are running around with guns willy-nilly shooting them because there are zero consequences in these cities for doing so. That's kind of the bottom line, right? So those are just a few examples, but all have a common thread. These cities are run by Democratic mayors. Hmm, are they? Let's check it out. Who was it again? What cities were we talking? Chicago? Check. Atlanta? Check. Portland? Mm, Mayor Ted, is he Republican? Oh, no, he's he's not. He's not Republican. Jenny Durkin in Seattle? Mm, Not Republican. Democrat. So my fact-checking there? It coincides with that is true. This recent New York Times headline sums up the overall situation. With homicides rising, cities brace for a violent summer. Homicide rates in large cities were up more than 30% on average last year and up another 24% for the beginning of this year, according to criminologists. And then you've got Lori Lightfoot in Chicago saying, actually, crime's down a little bit. It's down a smidge. I'm paraphrasing there, right? Um, <laughs> but if you read the news at all, it, you know, I, I talk a lot with people who, who know that I podcast for a living as such as I do. Um, and, and they're like, Hey, Sean, you read these stories. Is, is crime really up? And I'm like, yes, it is. It is up. And a lot of them, they're just like, yeah, I, 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 I've got so much stuff going on in my own life where I can't really deal with those stories because it's too hardcore. It's too, it's too depressing. It's too depressing. When you read story after story after story, some family losing a kid. I mean, these aren't accidental shootings. These are just straight up murders, right? I mean, this is happening across the United States on the daily. I mean, on the daily. It's happening in Seattle. I read about every single day. There's at least a shooting, if not somebody getting killed. I mean, or somebody's, you know, just somebody's just, just silliness going on all over. As for keeping cops on the beat, someone should ask Saki why police retirements are up 45%. 
why resignations are up 18% this year nationwide? That would be an interesting question to ask, wouldn't it? What would the spin be on that? It's a good time to retire. The stock market has been up, therefore their portfolios are up. They are retiring for that reason. Resignations are up 18% um, because the coronavirus got them to thinking about what they wanted to do in retirement. Therefore, resignations are up. I mean, that's as good as I'm just I'm talking off the top of my head here. And that's as good a spin as I can come up with. Is it believable? No. But I said it in a way that might think might lead you to believe that that's true. It's simply not true. Cops are retiring and resigning because they've got a job that nobody wants to see them do the the vocal majority vocal minority doesn't want to see cops abolish the police. All right, let's see how that goes. Let's do a little social experiment and all the police. You guys can take the weekend off. We're going to have a purge weekend. Just see how this goes. That's not a world I want to live in. So how could this be happening if the American Rescue Plan passed and was signed by the president? Ah, that's right. Police funding largely comes from the local level, not the federal one. And when many in the political media portray police as the bad guys, even as racists, and when the president talks about systemic racism in our criminal justice system, while talking about police reform in the name of George Floyd without acknowledging that American cities are under siege, it makes his press secretary's argument that skyrocketing violent crime is the GOP's fault as sad as it is laughable. What I don't understand is who is believing this nonsense and not going, ooh, wait a minute, wait a minute, that's not how this works. Because that is that is a spin that to me is just, it's a flat outright lie. Saki's spin to end all spins isn't working in the court of a public opinion either. Oh, shocking. A new poll from ABC News and the Washington Post shows just 38% of Americans approve of Biden's response to rapidly rising crime. Current administration is going to have a tough time with this one, especially this summer. There's going to be, not figuratively, there's going to be some real heat with that sun, but there's figuratively going to be some pretty major heat on the current administration and politicians in said cities where this stuff is really going crazy. Some of this stuff is a product of the pandemic. People are pissed off. They are depressed. And they're taking a violence to kind of, that's just how they're responding. They're pissed, shooting each other. ABC News, this just in, the number of Americans seeing crime as extremely serious problem in the United States is at more than 20-year high. We seem to go on these cycles where all of a sudden, you know, crime, escalating crime, skyrocketing crime is a big deal. And I remember a handful of them over time. And you're like, really? Is crime really going up? Or are we just saying that because if it bleeds, it leads as far as the news story goes? This time, I don't think there's any argument that violent crime, and specifically gun violence, is going up, has gone up, is up. President Joe Biden is underwater in trust to handle it, according to a new ABC News Washington Post poll. All right. 
Like the border crisis, the crime crisis is a problem for which this administration seems to have no real answers. Maybe they have some, maybe they haven't shared it with us, maybe they'll spin it to us soon. I don't really know. What are they going to do? Because if you take a hard stance on crime, you're going to have to address those issues in the communities where this is happening the most. Okay? And that's going to be difficult. How do you address that? Well, you don't. You just ignore it. And that's kind of what we're doing. Add rising crime rates with rising inflation, and Democrats don't have much to run on in 2022. As it stands now, 2022 is starting to look much like 2010 during the first Obama-Biden midterm, which resulted in a red wave loss of 63 seats for Democrats in the House of Representatives. And all the spin from the White House and its lead gaslighter ain't going to change that. Okay. Well, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. But it feels like right now, uh, it's going to be tough to get away from focusing on the whole border debacle and what we've got going on here um, with rising crime right on coming right on the heels of the defund the police thing, right? Feels like those are tricky things for the current administration to address in any way that's going to have an impact. Because then they're going to have to, uh, they're going to have to actually do something. Don't see that happening. All right, let's go ahead. And this is a secondary article that's got some really inform interesting information. But the reason I, I liked it is because I like the title. I like shorter titles that kind of say something without really saying something. It's, it says, Oh, say, can you see all the shooting victims? And it's because, oh, say, can you see, we just had the 4th of July and, you know, Star Spangled Banner and, and all that good stuff. Um, so this is, we're basically saying, hey, 4th of July, 2021, we had some a shooting happen. Let's talk about it. Not all the loud banging sounds you have heard over the 4th of July weekend were caused by fireworks, particularly if you live in any of the nation's largest cities. Hmm. Yep. CNN is reporting that more than 150 people were killed in the course of more than 400 shootings across the United States between Friday and Sunday. And that, that sounds nutty, but that's, that's just a holiday weekend now, right? With more numbers being added to the totals on Monday, which was observed as a day off for most people. The report focuses initially on New York City, which actually recorded fewer shootings and deaths than during the same holiday period last year. Okay, but last year, New York City was an utter cluster. This time last year. This time last year. So they had gone through the, the major shutdowns. Everybody's like, Oh, geez, I live in New York City. I live somewhere in the area. I got to get I got to get out of here. I got to leave. And so they did in droves. New York, so New York City isn't the greatest example. But here's the deal. Even though New York City last year was horrific, this year, we're still not far behind. behind. Um, so so actually, this year, we recorded fewer shootings and deaths than during the same holiday period last year, but only a few less. It was still a rather grim situation. Okay. Um, in New York, where gun violence has been rising to levels not seen in years, there were 26 victims from 21 shootings 
from Friday to Sunday, a decrease from the same period last year when 30 people were shot in 25 shootings. So very similar numbers. Things may have been bad in the Big Apple, but they couldn't hold a candle to Chicago. And I point to Chicago a lot because their mayor, I don't think really is dealing with reality. The crime statistics there are quickly starting to look more like something out of a game of Grand Theft Auto. You got a little GTA action going on there. If you didn't have teenagers who played Grand Theft Auto, um, that's an okay thing. My kids did. Very violent. Probably some parental stuff in there, some stuff that I should have uh, said, no, you guys shouldn't play that. But I was kind of a single dad and I sucked at that whole uh, don't watch this, don't watch that. Oh, man, that's a storyline you guys shouldn't be seeing. So, <clears throat> you know, Grand Theft Auto in my household, any first person shooter game was okay as well. But Grand Theft Auto, that's a hardcore video game. So when you say that it's looking more like GTA, that's really saying something. By Monday evening, the Windy City had recorded a staggering 104 shootings, leaving at least, at least 19 dead, with 13 children and two cops among the wounded. Almost unbelievably, Chicago has now recorded more than. All right, let me get. Let me. Let's talk about this for just one second. Almost unbelievably, Chicago has now recorded more than 2,000 shootings this year. And we're barely into, into July. 2,000 shootings in the Windy City. And yet the mayor is trying to tell us, well, cri cri crime is not, it's not all up. There's some crime that's down. And we've got a couple of hundred uh, businesses that they're choosing to move here. All right. That's the downtown. How about the south side? How's that going? You got 2,000 shootings. So we compare those Chicago numbers to what we just said about New York City, and then consider the fact that New York has nearly four times the population of Chicago. 2,000 shootings this year in Chicago alone. 2,000. That, that'll that'll kind of give you a little indication of what you got going on. Is crime decreasing there? Uh, not the shootings, not the violent kind. What goes almost unmentioned in most of the mainstream news coverage of these murder sprees is how many of them are committed by people using their own legally owned firearms and who passed a background check. I realize it takes time for the police to investigate and assemble that sort of data, but the FBI can make a fairly accurate projection based on previous tens. Trends, there's also rarely any mention of how many of these shootings involved scary looking assault rifles that we continually seem to be trying to ban. Oh, we've got to get rid of the assault rifles. All right. How many shootings have those actually been used on? As opposed to the far more, far more ubiquitous handguns. Almost every single news story I read, the gun of choice is a handgun. They're small. They're portable. They're easy to conceal. You can hide them. You can toss them in the lake. They don't make a big splash. You get the idea. It's not assault rifles. The answer to the first question is that very, very few of these crimes were committed by licensed gun owners, right? And nearly all the victims were shot by handguns, not rifles, not shotguns, not AR-15s, handguns that typically are illegally obtained. 
So we need to kind of figure out, all righty then. So work that backwards. And there's your gun control. This isn't about people who are legal handgun owners, is it? No, it's people who stolen handguns that made up taking the serial numbers off all that good stuff. That's who's out doing the shootings. The reason for that is that the vast majority of these shootings, though certainly not 100% are the product of gang violence and organized crime, including drug dealing and carjackings. And the shooters don't sign up for firearm safety training or fill out forms for licensed gun dealers. The gang violence problem is spiking even faster than it has in recent years. And one reason is that the gangs no longer fear the police. Getting back to our first storyline, which is, well, let's blame the Republicans on the defunding the police right? They no longer, they don't blame, they don't fear the police and don't believe their actions will carry any consequences, particularly when they enlist underage recruits to commit their crimes for them. Ariel Davidson points out what should have already been obvious in a tweet. Gang violence won't decrease in Chicago until gangs actually fear the consequences. Totally agreed. If you don't have consequences, it's like a little toddler unless there's consequences to their actions, they're just going to keep doing the same stuff that they shouldn't be doing, right? Whether it's a timeout or whatever, you got to teach them right for wrong. Gangs, no different. It's human behavior. Broad daylight shootings, multiple assailants, and children in the crossfire. These gangs don't care. Make them care. That's a good tweet. That's a good tweet. Uh, so let's, let's, kind of keep going here. In order for that to happen, you would need municipal leadership that was actually ready to start cracking down and establishing order. Hmm. We've got the opposite. We've got municipal leadership that just wants to let everybody go. And ah, be, be a good human being. Try and work this out. If you could do less of the shooting out there, you know, our police chief in Seattle literally just came out and said, please put your guns down. Please stop shooting each other. We've got to have more of that from our uh, political leadership. But leadership right now doesn't even want to admit that there's a crime problem. What crime problem? There's no issues. It's okay. Crime is going down actually in some sectors of something. Don't look at the shooting statistics though. <laughs> Those are frightening. As John pointed out last week, that has turned out to be something of a political minefield for Democrats talking about cracking down and establishing order. As incredible as it may sound, too many Democrats are hesitant to protect the law abiding citizens in their own communities. Any talk of cracking down on crime is immediately met with accusations of racism, even if the elected official or police chief saying it themselves is a minority. We're still hearing calls among liberal influencers to empty the jails and defund the police. And we wonder how we got here. Hmm. Was this a Republican run deal? I don't think so. Right? Right? I mean, reasonable people can kind of see right through this and go, huh? Yeah, that whole defund the police thing, that didn't work out. It's still not really working out. You know, let's empty all the jails and let's empty all the mental institutions and we'll just see how that, oh, that's not working out either because crime is on the rise from homeless people 
And the police are quitting. This isn't going the right way. Let's, let, let's blame those guys over there. Let's just blame them. So the only sort of reform that most of these Democrats are comfortable with is more gun control laws that only impact the law-abiding citizens for the most part. Does that make sense? Uh, let's see. If you're a law-abiding citizen, you're going to buy a gun at a store. You're going to fill out an application. You're going to go through that whole deal. Uh, but if you're a criminal, you've probably already got a felony on your record and you're not going to be able to walk into a store. So the whole gun control laws, you, that doesn't really matter to you, does it? Plus, you're just going to pick up a gun for whatever shooting you've got planned next. And then you're going to ditch that gun because you don't want that gun affiliated with your said shooting. So totally agree with that. Democrats are comfortable with the only thing they really want to do is um, more gun control laws that only impact the law abiding for the most part. And those are not the people committing all of these shootings. And if the residents of these cities refuse to fix the problems at the ballot box by electing leaders who will be willing to confront the gangs by meeting force with force until they begin fearing law enforcement again, it's really hard to have too much sympathy for them. That's what I see a lot in the comments here on YouTube. Um, by you guys not living in these crazy cities, you're like, yeah, you elected them into place and then they did their thing. And now you're like, oh, what's going on? It's true. It's true. So the election, midterm elections, how's that going to look? Is it going to go the way a lot of people think it is? Maybe. I don't know. Um, but what I do know is that a lot of these crime statistics are probably not going in the right direction. Not probably. They're not. They're just flat not. And when you look at the statistics in like a Chicago, for instance, this has been going on a while. This is not just a pandemic thing. This has been going on a while. So you got to drop, drop the hammer on something. I haven't seen much in the way of uh, any kind of formulated plan that is going to have any impact. But we got to have one coming down the pike here pretty soon. There's going to have somebody's going to have to stand up and go, okay, you can't ignore this forever. Because this stuff, this this stuff is hitting the major media. And people are like, wow, these numbers, not so good. Oof, wow, you see that shooting? Yes, I did. What do you make of that? Not sure. I mean, how long can you ignore this stuff for? Probably a while, right? at least until the next election. Let's ignore that it's an issue. We'll get through the next election. Then we'll really head, if we get elected, we'll really head down and address it. Well, in the meantime, a lot of innocent lives are lost. And that is a no-go for me. So, uh, place your vote. That's bottom line here, right? Vote into office people who will have an impact. Until then, can't really complain. But we're going to complain anyway, right? Because these stories are nuts. But uh, stating that because the Republicans didn't vote for this aid package that had nothing to do with funding the police, I mean, some of those funds can be used at the state level, at the local level, if said jurisdictions want to do that. But that's a totally different story than saying, hey, yeah, you defunded the police. 
cause and effect there. That's that wasn't there, right? Yeah, crazy. But I think you're going to see more and more of this, the professional gaslighting, the professional gaslighting, you're going to have a bunch more stories like that down the road, because you can't really address it. You got to blame somebody can't take responsibility for yourself. Because that'd be a no go, you might not get elected next term. So here's what we're doing. You're, you're just taking this statement, throwing it out there and kind of hoping people don't really check into it too deeply and run with it. Professional gaslighting. It's a thing. All right, that's it for me on this one. And um, yeah, this this story, that storyline just, ooh, where'd that come from? Had to cover it. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for being part of the uh, Seattle Real Estate Podcast. I will catch up with you on another one here very shortly. We're releasing two a day, Monday through Friday, and once on Saturday and Sunday. Until then, stay safe. We'll talk soon. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.